Today we're going to be talking about the habit of reading our Bible. We're in a series right now called Holy Habits, and today we're going to focus on why it's important to read Scripture and let Scripture read us. Um, and uh, I hope that you will allow the Lord to just give you a new vision of the purpose and the promise of why God has given us his written word. Amen. So if you have your Bible or your device, why don't you just go ahead and take it out and just put it in your hand as we pray this morning and we, as we get into the word of God. All right. Father, we thank you for your presence here today. God, we honor you. We thank you, Jesus. Your heart is <laughs> to show up in big ways. And God, may we be aware of the activity of God. Father, we thank you for the healings that have taken place. We thank you for touching Vicki. And Father, we thank you for the healings that are still to come. Lord Jesus, you want to pour out your love and your mercy and your grace on all of us. And so, Lord, today we come just with open eyes and open ears. And we just say, speak to us today. Illuminate truth in our hearts today. Father, may we leave with more of you, a better perspective of you, a better understanding of your love for us today. We love you. We thank you for the opportunity to gather. God, we don't take that for granted that we get to be together in worship. We love you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Whew, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to you today um, about the Bible. And um, before, before I get into that, I just want to say, if you have not started to watch the Chosen series, um, please do yourself a favor and start. Uh, last night, I um, was alone at my house. Chuck was working and Anna was gone. And I watched um, episode, I'm on season three, episode five where the woman with the issue of blood and when he healed Jairus's daughter. And I will tell you, you know, it brings the scripture that we read so to life when you watch this woman who suffered for 12 years be so shunned and so pushed away by all of society, by her family. You know, you, you get to see all of that, the visual of that, what that could have felt like for her. And when it finally came down to it, she just knew if I, could just, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, she knew she would be healed. And, you know, you get to see all the process of that and what it took for her to actually do that, to move beyond the crowd. And I think for us in this culture and it, where, where we are at, like, we have to have that kind of, like, tenacity. We have to have that kind of, like, Jesus, I need you so much that I'm going to do whatever it takes to get in your presence. I'm going to do whatever it takes so that I can just touch your presence because then it changes everything. Amen. And see, we don't have Jesus walking around, right? There aren't crowds gathering around for Jesus right now. He's not physically on earth. But I will tell you, he has given us his written word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? This is the word of God. So in essence, this is 
Jesus to us. It's his love letter. It's his words to us on how to live. So although he's not walking around with us, when you hold your Bible, when you open it up, when you read it, you are connecting with Jesus himself. That is amazing. There's power in that. We take it for granted. How many of us in here have multiple Bibles in our house? And a lot of times, they just sit in shelves. There's power in the written word of God. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And, and I'm just, I'm so excited. Um, so I want to talk to you really quickly about um, maintaining your car. In <laughs> um, everybody's car, you probably, when you got it, if you got it new or even used, if you open up the glove de department, there is a owner's manual, right? And in there, it shows you kind of like, here's what you need to do to keep the car going. Here's kind of like a maintenance process, you know. Keep the tires good, check the oil, put, make sure you put gas in it. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of funny, um, right? But there's uh, things you have to do so that it keeps running. Maintenance is the key. If you get a car and you never do anything else to it, eventually it's going to break down. It's going to stop working, correct? Okay. Yes. Well, guess what? Same with us. If we do not allow... God's word to work in us, eventually, we're going to break down. We need this owner's manual. <laughs> God has given us the scriptures to know everything that we need to do for love, joy, holiness, peace. Every relationship, every answer is here. But we often so get distracted and we go to so many other things for those answers. But we have the Bible, and God has given it to us for that. Let me give you some statistics, and this is going to shock you. All right? The Barna Research Group says that 93% of Americans own a Bible. That's pretty amazing. But only 12% read it. Yeah, some of these are pretty rough. So, um, Only one in seven read their Bible at least once a month. 56% of U.S. adults have no meaningful relationship with the scriptures. At least 73% of U.S. adults who use their Bible, this is interesting, all right, so 73% of adults who use their Bible were introduced to it as children. So all the more parents, grandparents, aunts, and uncles, that you make, you make sure your kids are getting introduced to the word of God Obviously, by in your home, but in faith community, in church, all those things. Because 73% of U.S. adults now who use their Bible were introduced to it but when they were children. That's huge. People who read their Bible four or more times a week are 231% more likely to disciple others and 228% more likely to share their faith with others. Listen to this one. Someone who regularly engages with their Bible is 52% more likely to experience joy and peace in their life. A mm. couple more statistics. 57% uh, are less likely to suffer alcoholism if you're in your Bible. That's big. 59% are less likely to view pornography. For, if you're just in your Bible, four times or 
or like that's not even like there's seven days. That's not even reading it every day. The power of what it does. 60% are less likely to feel spiritually stagnant. So many people are dealing with depression and anxiety and fear and chaos. And it's most likely because they're not connecting into the one who has the peace and the hope and the joy. We're not even connecting into the truth of Jesus. We're not encountering him. Because if so, we wouldn't be spiritually stagnant. Those statistics all come from the Barner Research, the Bible Engagement, and the State of the Bible from American Bible Society. And there was tons of them. And my heart broke because we are so overly blessed here in America. There are places in other worlds, they don't have scripture. They don't have the Bible. They're waiting on somebody to show up and even tell them about Jesus. And here, we've got so much of it, we're like, eh. God help us, right? That's got to change, you guys. As Christ followers, as Christians, we have got to get into the word and allow the word to get into us. The Bible, this is a fun acronym. It says this, it's basic instructions before leaving earth. <laughs> right? I mean, hello. Basic instructions before leaving earth. God loved us enough that he wanted to give us everything that we needed. Think about that for a minute. The God of the universe who created everything, things that we, don't, we haven't even been able to understand or get to because we're finite. He so loved us that he gave us each book of the Bible as a love letter of his redeeming love for mankind. And if when you read it, when you open it, if you would just say, man, this is Jesus speaking to me, it changes how you have your time with the Lord. This is my tangible Jesus. There have been so many times in my life where I've dealt with fear when I used to live alone before I was married. And I've opened up the book, the Bible, and I'm like, Jesus, just be here with me. There's something about the scripture. There's something about it. I have one Bible. This is, this is not the one that my friend gave me 27 years ago. And I've, I've carried that Bible to all the missions trips. I mean, it's literally traveled the world with me. There's just something about the present, the tangible word of Jesus. There's power in that. What kind of relationship do you have with scripture? What kind of relationship do you have with your Bible? It's a great question for us just to ask ourselves. Do you look at it every so often? Maybe at Christmas time, pull it out, read the Bible story, the Christmas story. Maybe you read it out of duty. You feel like, oh, I got to do the check mark today. I got to read my scripture for today. God wants you to see this written word from him. He's wanting to speak to you individually. But we've got to open it up. And you don't have to even understand it all. Sometimes we stop reading because we're like, well, I'm, I'm afraid. I don't, I don't understand what I'm reading. Just keep reading. The Holy Spirit can enlighten you. The Holy Spirit's a teacher. Amen? I want to read this excerpt from an article from USA Today. And uh, tomorrow we celebrate Dr. Martin Luther King, 
his life and everything that he has done. And in this article, it, it talks about how his life was marked by scripture, the power of scripture. The title of the article even says, Martin Luther King's legacy built on the Bible that inspired him. Scripture empowers people to do amazing things. Not even for their own selves, but for other people. All right, and so this article is by Reverend Nicole Martin. Uh, she holds a doctor of ministry from uh, the Conwell Theological Seminary. And she says this, Dr. King made our lives better, and the book that inspired it all was the Bible. And it's still instructive and relevant today. She wrote this article in 2018. If, it, if I can open the pages of scripture with a white woman, obviously this woman is an African-American, if I can open the pages of scripture with a white woman whose life experiences have been radically different from my own, maybe, just maybe, we will each get a glimpse of ourselves in each other. If I can truly see her and she see me, all through our common faith and the exploration of the Bible, together we can work toward a legacy that would make Dr. King proud. Guys, again, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, how prayer united, right? Prayer was united our nation all of a sudden. Didn't matter, everybody was praying. Didn't matter who you were, what color you were, where you came from, everybody was doing it, right? Because we were calling on God. The Bible can as well, can unite our hearts. It's, recon it's for reconciliation, that's the purposes of it. How amazing. Scripture changes things. It changes hearts, and it empowers people to do amazing things. <laughs> so let's talk about this really quickly, and we're going to go through these fast. Why don't people read their Bible? First thing, they think it's archaic or it's out, out of date. People just say, eh. It speaks to another generation. doesn't really have anything to say for this generation. Here's another reason why people don't read their Bible. They doubt its credibility. Here's the thing, no other book, literally, has stood the test of the time like the Bible. Year after year, for thousands of years, people have tried to stamp out its message. But its power is still progressing. Nothing has stopped it. The Bible has been banished in countries, it's been burned, and skeptics have criticized it. But these skeptics have come and gone, but the word of the Lord stands forever, and it will continue. See, I believe the Bible is credible for many reasons. It's got historical accounts. The Bible is a history book. Everything from Genesis, except Revelation, is history. There are historical accounts, dates, places, kings, names. You can read history, and you will find those things there. The Bible is a history book. And the reason why I said Revel not Revelation, because that's still to come, all right? Just to clear that up for everybody. All right, so the Bible has historical accounts. It has testimonies of fulfilled prophecies, lots of them. Just even by Jesus alone, Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies just himself. That's amazing. It's got amazing teachings, and it has revolutioned not only my life, but many others through the generations. The Bible is important. His word is important. But people don't read it. Here's another reason people don't read it. They don't know how. Not that they don't know how to read. They just don't know how to read it. 
They don't understand the history or the figurative nature or maybe the settings. Somewhere along the line, they just decided, I'm going to leave that to the teachers and the pastors. You know, they just kind of relocate it. Another reason people don't read their Bible, they don't have or make time. So great question. Where does, where does the Bible reading, where does that fit into your priorities? It takes an average reader about 80 hours to read through the Bible. All right, that, the entire Bible. So break it down. Join us. We're doing a Bible reading plan as a church. It's amazing. It's so great to be able to go through and see people's comments. And, um, you know, if you miss it, it's, there's no condemnation. Nobody's going to call you up and be like, hey, you missed yesterday's reading. <laughs> if there's grace in that. But to be able to be walking through Genesis and to be able to see what God's speaking to each, each person, it is such a great thing. The Bible changes lives. It's changed my life. I know it's changed people in my family's life. I know it's changed some of your lives. So this morning I want to share with you a few reasons why I, why I believe reading the Bible is so important. So here we go. Why should we, right? Number one reason why we should read the Bible, it teaches us about God and his plan for our lives. The Bible is God's written revelation of his will to us. You want to know what God's will for your life is? Anybody? Anybody want to know? Okay. There you go. <laughs> All over the place, God's will for your life, your purpose, what he wants you to do, who he wants you to be, how he wants you to love, how he wants you to give, how he wants you to sacrifice, surrender. I mean, the list goes on and on. The central theme is salvation through Jesus Christ from Genesis to Revelation. The Bible has 66 books written by 40 authors over about 1,800 years, or 1,600 years. The authors were from all kinds of places, kings and princes, poets, philosophers, prophets, statesmen. Some were learned and others were unschooled. The Bible is an inspired word of God. 40 authors wrote the Bible. It was inspired by God with the same idea of God's salvation for mankind. If we were to take 40 of you and put you in different classrooms and I were to give you a piece of paper and say, write, you guys would go, okay, I'm going to write something down, right? And you'd come back, right, with 40. It'd be 40 different things. They wouldn't, they wouldn't at all have any kind of like connection or correlation at all because that's not inspired by God. It took God inspiring these 40 authors to be able to write these different books, that in every book we see God's redemption of man. Amazing, amazing. Stands the test of time. Number two, the Bible teaches history. From Adam to Abraham, we have the history of the human race. From Abraham to Christ, we have the history of the chosen race. From Christ on, we have the history of the church. It's one book, it's one story, and it's his story. How well do you know that story? Do you see where you fit in to his story? God's working all things out, and we have to trust him. So it teaches us history. 
The third thing is this, it provides spiritual strength and helps to maintain an emotional balance. Gives us healing and transformation of our mind and soul. If you've got your Bible, with uh, you open up to Romans chapter 12. Verses 1 and 2 is what we're going to look at. So it provides spiritual strength and helps us to obtain an emotional balance. Romans 12, 1 through 2, and it says this. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So right there, he's, again, giving us real simple how to live our life, live it as a sacrifice, present our bodies to him, give it our life to him. This is a way to worship him. Verse 2 then says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is his good and pleasing, perfect will. (laughs) Don't copy the world. The struggles we deal with, the burdens, the chaos, that comes from the world. His truth, his freedom comes from knowing the word of God. I don't know how many of you are joining in with our fasting and prayer, but we're in this process of 21 days of praying and fasting, and um, it's a challenge, right? It's a challenge uh, to fast. It's a challenge, whatever you've chosen to, you know, set aside. And I'll tell you, um, it's pretty amazing. The Lord had spoke to me specifically like what I was supposed to do. And for a long time, sugar in general, whether that's like sugary drinks or, you know, cookies or whatever, it's almost like, you know, those things can have, addic- you can have an addiction to things that aren't necessarily like, you know, alcohol, drugs. Does that make sense? And I really felt like for a long time in my life, those things have been, you know, kind of in charge. And um, I got woken up in the middle of the night and the Lord's like, you need to fast sugar. <laughs> and I've, I've done that before and it, it's been really, really hard. And I'll tell you this last week, um, I, I've never fasted before and it's been easy. Because I think what the Lord is doing in this particular, in my story with sugar addiction, is God has is, is broken that. Like, it's been such a stronghold and such a thing in my life um, that when I've fasted before and, you know, done things, it's been so hard because it, like, you know, mm. um, and now when I started, like, I was like, okay, well, thank you, Jesus. You know, and even after we're done, I'm going to look at how to recreate my life to where I'm not going to just dump all that back in. It's not, you know, healthy. And so God wants to use his word. He wants to speak to us so that some of these things in our lives, we can break off, right? Strongholds, things that are holding you back, addictions, whatever the addiction is. It doesn't even have to be terrible. God wants to free us from that. He wants to transform us from the inside out so that we don't stay the same. All right, another great reason to read scripture is this. It helps us process the voices of culture, teaches us right from wrong. 
gives us a moral compass to direct our steps. We have to have a plumb line. There has to be a foundation of beliefs. That's why the world is swirling, because there's no, there's no moral foundation. So everything is relative, right? The Bible gives us truth on where to start, where everything comes from. That's big. If you want to know what to believe on some of these things that are going on, get yourself in the Word of God. The fifth thing is this. It provides guidance in making decisions. Amen? We need his wisdom, his heart, his clarity, whether that's a big decision or a small decision. You know, I've seen some people who are willing to drive hundreds of miles to listen to somebody important, you know, teach from the Bible. But they're unwilling to walk across the living room floor and pick up the Bible and read it for themselves. We have all that we need right here in front of us. What are we doing to engage with Scripture? What are we doing to allow the Word of God to read us? Reading and then saying, Lord, speak to me. What are you saying in these scriptures? Here's a few benefits of, the, of reading the Bible. Number one, it's essential for spiritual growth. If you want to grow, you've got to read this, the Word, the Word of God. 1 Peter 2.2 says this, Like newborn babies, you crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full expression of salvation and cry out for this nourishment. Like newborn babies, right? They need that, like, spiritual milk. It's essential for our growth. We've got to grow as we read. Allow it to mature you, right? As a baby, we start out drinking milk, but then eventually we go to the, you know, applesauces, and then we get to the solid foods. That is what God's wanting us to do, grow spiritually, not just stay as a baby, to mature. The second thing is this. It's essential for spiritual maturity. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 5, 11 through 14. Oh, this is a good one, this spiritual maturity. <laughs> All right, it says there's much more we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. Paul's writing to the Jewish Christians at this time, and he's speaking to them, calling them out. He says, verse 12, You have been believers so long. Hmm. It's not some of us, right? <laughs> Sometimes we can know so much that we can let it get common in our hearts and our lives. Verse 12, You've been believers so long that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you, again, the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Uh, the mark of spiritual maturity is... Not how much we understand, but it's how much we're practicing. It's not just knowledge, but how much are you really walking that out? God's will, God's plan, 
the Great Commission, the things he's at. I mean, we can know the Bible. I am not a great theologian. I continue to learn and grow, right? <laughs> but it's not, again, about knowledge. We can have all the knowledge in the world and not practice it and not live it out. And trust me, there are a lot of people that I know that have a lot of knowledge about God, but it hasn't moved to transform their life or their character. The fruit of the Spirit's out the door, but they have the knowledge. Have you met anybody like that? That's not how God wants us to be. He wants us to walk in obedience. So it's essential to our spiritual maturity that we get in the word. And the last thing is this. It's essential to spiritual effectiveness. Turn with me to 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Familiar passage that you guys will recognize. Talking about scripture again. All scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. I'm going to read that again because that's so powerful. All scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what is right. There's a lot of people crying out for right now to know what is right and what is true. And we have the answer. God has given us the word of God so that we know what is true, we know what is right. We have answers for those that are crying out for truth. And God uses it to prepare and equip his people for every good work. The Bible is profitable. The Bible has benefits so much. So much so that the enemy, think about this, the enemy works overtime in your life and in my life to make every distraction, to make every reason why we shouldn't engage with Scripture daily. And some, sometimes he tries to make them be good, good reasons, good excuses. Because the enemy knows that if you're in the Word of God, you're going to know truth. It's going to change your heart and transform you. And he doesn't want that. He wants you bound. He wants you depressed. He wants you to live anxious. Right? He doesn't want you to know that you have freedom or that you can get healing. He doesn't want you to know any of that. And so if you're not reading it, you're not living it. You're not live, walking in the activation of it, right? Even the book of Revelation, the first chapter says there's a special blessing for those that read that book. Did you know that? Hello? People don't read Revelation because they're afraid of like, ah, oh, I'm not going to understand it. Well, that's because the enemy doesn't want you to know he really, really loses. You know, he keeps people from knowing truth because then he can keep them bound. The word of God is living and active. Hebrews chapter 4. Let's go over there. I missed it earlier <laughs> in my scriptures. Hebrews 4.12. Mm. Sorry. 
For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So the word of God is alive and active. Jesus is speaking. Are we listening? Are we open to what he's speaking to us? And realize daily, you can open up your Bible. Jesus, speak to me today through Hebrews 3. And as you read it, he will. Because his word is alive and active and exactly what you're going to need to hear for that moment, for that day. Amen? Amen. And we won't go there, but in Matthew chapter 4, we're all very aware of when Jesus went to the wilderness to fast and how the enemy came to try to tempt him. And at every point that the enemy tried to tempt Jesus, he said this, as it is written. Jesus himself used scripture to quote to defeat the enemy. That's a great tool for us to know. If Jesus used scripture to boot the enemy away from him, all the more should we be downloading scripture in us. Because we have a real enemy who's out to kill, steal, and destroy. And the power that we have is the word of God. It's a sort of spirit, right? We don't have to be his, under his feet anymore. He is defeated. But we've got to activate <laughs> the word of God in our lives. Amen. Amen. I know it seems simple. If you've known Jesus for a long time, you've heard a ton of messages on scripture and reading your Bible. And it really just comes down to it. How much do you love Jesus? Because if you love him, you're going to want to spend time with him. And if you love him, you're going to want to know his heart. And you're going to want to know his plan and purpose, not only for you or for others. So if you really love him, you're going to dive into the nutritional food, spiritual food that he gives us for all that we need. I just want to challenge us this year, you guys. Let's get into the word of God more. Let's not walk around having to deal with so much hard, bitter, anxious, depression. We can find truth and holiness in God's word and encourage one another with scripture. Nothing's greater. I, I got one from today. Another pastor sent me a, a scripture today to encourage for today's you know, church service. The word of God is alive and active. Is it alive and active in you? And are you allowing that out to the world that so needs hope? Amen. Let's stand to our feet and whoever's coming up to play as we pray today. If you have your Bible or your device, I want you to hold that Bible or that device as we pray, as we just close this time today. Just close your eyes, and I want you to ask yourself, what is your relationship with Scripture? What is your relationship with Jesus? What does that look like? Are you allowing him and his word to speak to you? Because God wants to speak to you. He wants to reveal himself, his love to you, his plan and his purpose. So just hold that Bible, this tangible Jesus, this written word of God that we have. 
You know, the Bible says that we're to meditate on it day and night so that we will not sin against him. The Bible helps us to know what is right and wrong, how we we won't have to sin against the Lord. So I just want to pray for all of us today. Jesus, we thank you so much for scripture. We thank you, God, that you have given us uh, from the beginning of Genesis to Revelation, a, a plan for mankind that includes us. Redemption, love. The story is beautiful, God. All throughout every book of the Bible, it shows who you are and how much you love us. And how when we get to the New Testament, you, you send Jesus, your only son, to cover the sin. Lord, we thank you for dying on the cross for us. Lord, we don't take that for granted, Jesus. And Lord, I pray as we go into 2023 as a congregation of Christ followers, of believers, God, I pray that we wouldn't take the word of God for granted, that we wouldn't take the written, anointed, inspired word of God for granted. God, that we would make sure daily we were getting in the word. We're feeding our soul, feeding our spirit with your heart, your wisdom, and your word. God, convict us of the other places, the other things that we're filling in our lives. And we're spending hours and and different time doing things that aren't eternal, that aren't purposeful. A lot of times don't even bring us anything good. God, convict us of those things. And Lord, help us to spend more time with you. Yes, in prayer. Yes, in reading your word. And just listening to you, God the Father. God, help us to not be so busy with our everyday lives that we don't pause and we just listen to what you want to say to us. So God, help our ears to be attentive to your Holy Spirit. Clear out the things in our heart that you need to. And God, challenge us. Help us to have a holy habit of reading our Bible so that we can grow We can be effective for you. So we can defeat Satan, overcome the enemy in our life. So we can break strongholds, things that hold us back. So Lord, I pray right now that you'll just infuse all of us with new grace, with new strength. I pray that we can hit a reset button, whatever it's looked like in the past. God, starting today, we can start new and start afresh reading your word, meditating on your word, learning from what you want to teach us through your scripture. And God, we look forward to those conversations. We look forward to the heavenly downloads, God, that you're going to pour out over all of us. God, as we engage more in your word. We thank you for your presence here today. We thank you, God, for speaking through your scripture. And then, Lord, may as we go, may we live it. May we live differently, God. We thank you, Father, in your precious name. Amen. Amen.